Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 the zone. Well, the Utes did it. What a wild ride that Kentucky game was. And you know, you early risers, if you're up right now and you're driving to work, I get it. You may not have stayed up for the game. You may not even tried since it started at 9, but Utah got up by 12. They were dominating. Kentucky, they just melted down in the last couple of minutes of the half. Kentucky wanted an 8-0 run, a couple of soft turnovers, some layups. So it's a four-point game of the half. Figure, well, the Utes could be in trouble. They had a big cushion. They gave it away. They pushed the leader right back up to 15. It's 52-37. And then they hold on, and Kentucky ties the game. But the Utes score the last three points, and the Utes win the game. And Kentucky missed a three, a couple of three-pointers to tie. Uh, one was kind of deep, and the other was in the corner, and neither of them went. And the Utes get out of there with a win. Uh, Timmy Allen had another big game, 25 points. He was really good. Uh, Riley Batten hit a clutch three. Uh, Ryland Jones hit a couple of clutch threes. There were some, there were some big plays in that game. And for the Utes, the 8-2 record was nice, but the competition wasn't the greatest. Kentucky, they're a top 10 opponent. They came in ranked number six. And it's a year where, you know, we've already had five number one ranked teams. So who knows who the best teams are. But Kentucky's at least in that elite group again. And that's on a neutral floor. That's, well, it wouldn't matter where it was. It would have been a good win anywhere. But on a neutral floor, that's a really good looking for the win for the Utes to take down Kentucky like that. Now they get to turn around and try to double down on that and play San Diego State. Uh, unbeaten San Diego State on Saturday and see if they can pick up another really good win. Put themselves right in the middle of the NCAA tournament um, conversation. Because going into this game, even though they were 8-2, and two, they were, give or take 10 or 20 spots, about 100th in the country. I looked one place and saw them like 84th or something. Another place, another computer ranking had them like 110. Um, but the point is they weren't anywhere near the NCAA tournament. But beating the number 6 team in the country, and as Larry Kristoviak pointed out after they beat Weber State, and man, this team didn't look anything like the team that beat Weber State. You never know what you get on any day, given day when you got 11 freshmen on your team. Uh, but as Larry pointed out in his post-game comments, playing four of the next six against ranked teams, they got one. Now can they get another one? We'll see San Diego State. Uh, more basketball tonight. The Utes. The Utes get the win. Uh, can the Jazz get the win? They better. They're playing an Atlanta team that's lost five in a row, including to the Bulls and the Knicks. I don't know that the, that the Jazz can sweep this trip, because they got Miami at the end of it, and Miami's pretty good. Um, but they ought to go in 2-0 to Miami and see if they can get that one, right? Atlanta and Charlotte, uh, each game progressively a little tougher. This is the easiest one. Atlanta 6-22, and dead last in the Eastern Conference. All right, let's get to some football. The, uh, the Utes have to go to Texas and play Texas in San Antonio. They got a dozen players from Texas on the Utah roster, including Jalen Dixon, who's from Frisco, which is a little north of the Dallas-Fort Worth area, about 45 minutes an hour or so. And he grew up rooting for the Longhorns, wanting to play there, but as he points out, they want 6'2 receivers, and he's listed at 5'9". So that wasn't going to happen, but he's got a chip on his shoulder, and those dozen uh, Texas guys ought to keep this team fully motivated. And so let's listen to Jalen Dixon now with the media on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Talk about playing Texas. It's got to be fun for you guys um, in Texas. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, I uh, grew up like knowing that team and knowing Texas and, you know, the whole uh, Vince Young and everything, just growing up with that. And then that culture, it's been huge. So um, I think it's going to be great to go back home and be able to uh, play those guys. And, yeah. So when you grow up in Texas, what kind of uh, cultural – phenomenon is UT football I mean it's it's huge like if you know college football then you know Texas so um, like I said the the Vince Youngs the the, um, you know uh, just guys like that and just growing up in that 
in that uh, state, and it's just Texas football. Mac Brown is like a huge thing. So, um, so yeah, it's just um, like for a long time, that's just how it's been. So when you found out you were playing them, what did you think? Um, I was kind of hyped about it, you know, um, not being you know recruited by them and um, knowing that you know I could, be, I feel that I was you know capable of uh, playing there, but them not seeing that way is it brings a little bit of a chip on my shoulder and um, that's just a part of it. So was it your size that was a detractor? Um, I mean, they didn't talk to me at all, so I mean, I'm I not sure what it uh, what it was, but I assume that's how. You know, like during high school, was my, my size just too small. So, if you had a chance to watch Texas on film, what, what kinds of stands out about this team? Um, they're big, physical guys. All on the back end, they have a lot of uh, talent. Um, the talent hasn't always, you know, resulted into wins, but they're going to play hard no matter what. They're like they have so many guys back there who are capable of, um, uh, you know, playing in the league. So. Um, you got to be wary of that, and you just never know. So we just got to go out there and just, just play our best game. Do, do they remind you of any opponent you faced this year? Um, I would say from a physicality uh, standpoint, maybe Oregon or maybe even Washington, just of how physical they play. But um, besides that, not, uh, not really. I don't feel like that's a team that's in the pack that has that kind of talent. So, Jalen, who is your primary recruiter in high school? Um, it was Coach Holiday and at the time Coach Taylor. Okay. So, what do you remember first about? Like, did you know much about Utah um, before they came? Out? To be honest, no. Um, Jason was committed here right. before, and then um, he was just like, "Bro, you got to go on a visit. It's so nice. The mountains are just amazing. The coaches, you know, and just all that." So I was like, "Hey, I've got to just you know see just see what it's like." And I came up here, saw the mountains, and it switched with me. And then just saw you know the coaching staff and the players here, and, and how much it's like a family. So. So when you explain that to people back in Texas, do they get it, or do they still look at you kind of funny? I mean, they, yeah, uh, of course. They're like Utah, and they just don't really get it and don't get the culture. But, um, I mean, it's huge, and it, it's uh, – I love it here, so. What's been the vibe around the program this week coming off the Oregon game? I mean, of, of course, we're a little down about it. Um, you know, it's a huge game and one of the biggest games that we've had in a while here, and we weren't able to get it done. So um, we're down about that, but – we're also hungry for that last game that we have this season and to go out and try to win that game and get to those um, those 12 wins. So, The back-to-back losses then last season, just a huge downer, a reminder not to go that way again. Yeah, of course. We know how that felt before, and we just don't want that to happen again. There's Jalen Dixon talking about the Utes going to Texas now. They're going into hostile territory. There's no doubt about it. San Antonio is um, an hour to an hour and a half away from Austin. So there are going to be tons of Longhorn fans there. I mean, you go right into the thick of Texas Longhorn country. This is essentially, you know, Salt Lake to Logan, maybe Provo to Logan. Uh, I mean, there are going to be a ton of fans. For BYU, it's a true road game. I mean, at least this isn't the Longhorn Stadium, right? BYU is going to play Hawaii in Hawaii. This is a nine-win Hawaii team. It's a pretty good team. Kyrus Tonga meeting with the media, talking about the bowl game on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Because this is a team that's different in the Islands. You know, you guys played them last year, but they're a different team when they're, when they're at home. And, and you guys know that, so you got to get ready for that offense. What's, what's that been like getting, getting prepared? It's been good. Um, our, our scouts, our team has been uh, – preparing us uh, very well great QB uh, great skill players uh, O-line is uh, they're very good it's just all around a, a good program we're excited just to play there into a uh, it'll be a, a tough matchup but a fun one I talked to some of the freshman linebacker because both 
uh, Peyton Wilgar and Max Tooley have gotten some accolades yeah. for what they've been able to do, mm-hmm. and rightfully so. What's it like watching some of these young guys that you're playing with on that defense have some success? Because there's been ups and downs. You guys yeah. know that. It's a team game. But to still have their, you know, some of their successes be recognized and, and have some of those things. Happy for them. Um, especially those two. I remember they came in and uh, – those two then I feel like they didn't even know how to play football when they first came in and uh just for them to get those awards and um just to to see their uh, progression every week has been uh it's been fun to to watch them and uh to be able to play with them so I'm I'm excited for them and their future so does that make an impact because the fact that a lot of the players are young you do have some veterans that are going to be moving on one way or another but there are a lot of guys that if you come back likely still be here guys that you've gotten to know i don't know how big of an impact that is i think it's a a huge impact the young guys are they're they learn fast and uh they're just super excited and they they look young out there so uh, (laughs) so hopefully their their body still feels young and they'll stay like that for a while so last thing for me what do you think is the key for in the bowl game to be successful uh just gotta dominate uh we gotta uh, do our 111 on all, all three phases and um just have fun Appreciate yes, sir. It. yes, sir. I'm not going to ask you if you're going to go pro, but when will you make that decision? Uh, after the bowl game. Okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> Easy. Who yes, will you kind of maybe turn to people that you'll look forward or turn to for advice in that decision, you think? Uh, that's just with my family and uh, Coach Kalani and uh, Coach Elisa. Uh, they've been there since, uh, since the get, so um, it's just it's just right that they, uh, they help me with it. But uh, those two are my family, so. What have you done to, to go from a two-star tight end prospect out of Granger to be a guy that you know has the ability, if you want to, to go to the NFL? Like, what 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 has what has been the biggest thing in, in that growth? Man, um, I, I don't even know. Um, it's I don't, it's just a blessing to to even be in this position and to uh, to be able to do what I'm doing. Um, coaches, family, everyone that's ever helped me in my life, has uh, put me in this, this situation, people on my mission, everything I feel like just led to, to where I'm at today and uh, just grateful for those people and and to, to be here. So Kalani's talked about the fact that you wore that tight end in high school and you only played defensive line for about three years total. What is that? What has that been like? <laughs> Different. It's, uh, man, I remember when he first, uh, when he first told me I was going to be a D lineman, I was, I was sad. And I was like, damn, I can't be, I can't be in there. I can't be putting my hand in the dirt. I should be running routes. And then, so I'm over here, uh, excited to line up in the zero tech, and it's just super fun. It's uh it's been, a, it's been a journey. It's been a blessing. It's been, uh, it's just been awesome to be able to to transition and to continue to learn. I still have a lot to learn. Um, but overall, it's been, it's been very fun. So you, did, you didn't think you were going to play D-line in college? Oh, no. <laughs> I, I couldn't see myself doing it. And then, yeah, ended up, yeah, over 300. And, oh, my bad, they just moved me. I just worked my way down. So it's you, all good. You guys had, didn't you have summer testing uh, this past summer where you guys go to, like, combine drills? Like, mm-hmm. what did you run in the 40 if, if, or your 10-yard split? I ran a 491. Goodness gracious. So you ran a 491? <laughs> yeah. That's, if you put that type of number up again, you're you're gonna get straight paid, man. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> it was, I was feeling good that day too, so it was good. All right, there's BYU's Kyrus Tonga and the youth Jalen Dixon. When we come back, we're gonna switch from bowl games 
to recruiting, and we're going to hear from the head coaches. Kalani Sataki and Kyle Whittingham are coming up. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. BYU, preparing for their bowl game. It is Christmas Eve. We're getting close now. Five days to go. But in addition to bowl prep, the BYU coaches have been recruiting. How did that go? Well, let's listen to Kalani Sataki as he meets with the media. Who are you most excited about that you signed today? All of them. Yeah, I love all of them. I think, um, you know, we'll announce all the missionaries that we said we signed as well. And uh, we're kind of restricted with the numbers that we can now officially announce. But we oversigned knowing that we're going to have guys that are going to go on missions and guys that are going to gray shirt even after that. And so um, kind of to do with the, the guys, uh, we had a good group of guys that did that this year, you know, that uh, gray shirted and, and, and got ready and they're going to start in January. Those are the return missionaries that we're, t- we're starting mid-year. So um, feel good about them. Uh, you know, as we look to, to the guys that we're going to be announcing in, in February, I think we'll get close to it. And you guys are all great media members. You guys know how to dig and find the rest of the names out that we can't officially uh, announce. Is there any uh, openings do you, do you think about more portal players leaving your program? Joe Maybe. Out there. Yeah, and, and you know we talked about it with Joe, and uh, he, he he loves it here, and, and uh, you know we're going to give him an opportunity to get a degree and uh, and transfer, um, and uh, he he wants to play. That's the thing. He wants to be on the field and wants to play, and and uh, I you know he, looking at the competition, I think he was given a fair amount of chance to compete and. Uh, wants to be on the field more than, than what he's doing here, and and uh, we want what's best for him too. So uh, we'll probably probably see some more too. I mean, that's we have guys that compete and want to be on the field, so I, I imagine there'll be others. What was the key to getting Cody Epps? That's kind of an under the radar guy. That... Um, I think uh, looking at, at you know the connection that we had with his family, but also um, once they got on campus, and this is really for all the recruits, the the. Uh, the faculty and staff on campus, not just in the athletic department or in football, but uh, just getting to meet everyone involved with BYU and the students and, and our players did a good job. You know, the, these visits are about our players telling us whether or not a uh, recruit's a BYU guy, and, and it, it came back um, unanimously positive about him being being a guy that would be a great fit for us, and we feel that way about the the rest of the group too, and Fessy uh, did a great job recruiting it, recruiting the receivers so, position, so uh, you know, looking at, at, at the guys that we brought in, uh, a, a big part of the, the ownership in, in that is their position coach and the coordinator. So mostly the position coach, that's what, how they, that's how I can judge um, how they're doing as a, as a position coach, bringing in guys in and developing them. Do you have a standard thing that you say to recruits? What's your strongest pitch when you get them one-on-one with their parents? Um, I think it all varies. You know, I, I think we have to just – there's guys that, 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 that are coming to BYU um, because of the honor code, not in spite of it, you know. And so I think that's the key is using 
the challenges that people see that at BYU and in making them a strength and the reason why others would choose to come to this school. Things like the academics and, and how hard it is and, and they see that the, the reward and the benefit afterwards, same thing goes with the honor code and same thing goes with our team chemistry and, and, our, and, and the way our guys, our, our team invites these guys and allow them to feel like family. So uh, really it's... Um, the pitch is just for, to get them on campus and get to meet everybody because it's not they're not going to come here for me. They'll come here for a lot of different other reasons. And most of it has to do with the people on campus and the people that they share a locker room with. Another one of the wide receivers you guys signed, Christopher Jackson. Is he going to enroll in January? Or is That's he the plan, yeah. I think he's finishing up everything, and, and the plan is for him to be here in January and, and to go through the offseason conditioning with us and play spring ball. And what, what was the um, kind of the connection to getting him and, and how that connection started? Well, once again, Fessy found him, and, and I think we, we had a lot of coaches that went throughout the area and found some good, um, you know, some good prospects, and then the, the, uh, they turned him over to the position coach, and position coach developed a relationship with them and, and saw that they could fit with this program both on and off the field, and we're looking forward to seeing his speed and his athleticism, just like the other guys that signed today. With the transfer portal, will you still hold some scholarships available for potential transfer portal guys in March and April, things like that? Yeah, I think you kind of have to plan with that, but at the same time, it's not like we're holding a bunch of spots, you know. So I think um, probably limited limited um, number of them, but um, maybe a couple. I, I don't. There's a lot of guys that deserve scholarships, and and many of them are walk-ons on our team right now as well. So I think giving the guys like Baylor Romney and others on the team. Uh, an opportunity to, to be on scholarship. It, it's what what we have to do. It's the best thing that we can do is you know recruit with from within first. Do you anticipate Soul J being the quarterback? Is that what you? Mean? Yeah, he'll he'll be a quarterback. That's he's going to play quarterback for us, and and he'll compete there. Yeah. Is it your plan every year to take a quarterback? Yep, I don't ever want to be in a position where we're without a quarterback, and and it's better to have a bunch than than to even just have one. So. We'll recruit a bunch of quarterbacks. We got uh, another great one coming home from a mission, and a, a couple others that are on their missions as well. So, uh, we, you know, we'll add to that group and, and let them compete, and the, the best will play. But I, I think it's important that we get we recruit quarterbacks uh, consistently, and that's every position. Trying to improve our, our group every every year. Along with position needs, what were maybe some of the skill set needs that you wanted to find in, in this class? Well, I think we need to get some speed, some difference makers that can catch the ball and. and, and make a big gain, whether it's an underneath throw or whatever it is, it's just someone that can be a game breaker. And uh, we, we have some of those guys, but uh, the more the merrier for us. So I think that that was something that we could be able to do and then have some guys that are game ready. You know, um, we talk about development quite a bit, but uh, there's some guys that just can get on the field as a freshman and be able to play right away. We had a guy like Troy Warner that did that when I first got here and, and some others. And so I think it's, it's a good mix. You just can't have a team full of development players. you got to have guys that you know can develop and, and grow into a position, but others need to be game ready, need to be ready to, to play, whether it's a JC guy or, or, or a true freshman. There's some true freshmen that can come in here and, and they're really mature and can take the field right away. Do you like where the early signing period falls on, on the calendar? Do you think this is a good spot for it? I do. I mean, I don't know when, when else you'd want to do it. Uh, for us, it fits perfectly. It just kind of gets in, in, you just know that you're going to be busy getting ready for the bowl game, but at the same time, um, you know, having it go through finals and just, it's a good problem to have if you're in a bowl game to, to be able to worry about, um, you know, fitting as much time as you can with the recruits. And I think the goal for us is to get them on campus. And once they get on an official visit, um, really they're, they're ours, you know, and, and, and we can see if they're a good fit. And uh, that's why we have such a great, great retention rate when the guys come on visits.
how do you evaluate your overall recruiting process as far as the effectiveness, any changes that need to be made in approach, or, or mm-hmm. what do you guys do? How do you kind of look at the look at it as um, this consistently changing? I, I don't think you can do it one way and just sit on it. Uh, so it, it's something that we have to evaluate. Everything that we do, we can't do everything the same this year and expect any any different results. So uh, we're always going to evolve and find ways to get better and. We'll try some things, and if that's recruiting or in off-season conditioning or treatments or whatever it is, or scheme, we'll do and do whatever it takes to, to find success and to get wins, but also to, to develop our players and make sure that they're ready to play and keep them healthy. All the players that were announced today, are they expected to be enrolled uh, next fall? Yeah, yeah, most of them are. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you know, when we're talking to, with players and missions, that's really more of a personal sure. decision between them and their family, but I think we have a good number of guys that we know are going on missions, and um, you'll find about more about them in February. But for the most part, uh, these guys, I think there's maybe a couple that may go on missions still, but uh, we've kind of given them the, the freedom to, to decide between the two. When you're dealing with in-state recruiting, uh, you've got a lot of guys from Hawaii, California, mm-hmm. Texas, other places. How do you kind of you know balance the, the different areas, in-state versus out-of-state, as far as trying to evaluate the different levels of competition and, and look at all those different factors? Well, I think for us, in-state really means um, LDS. You know, so if we get um, recruit our members, and then really the out-of-state would be those that are not LDS and those that are not of the faith. Um, a lot, I mean majority of them came here because of what, uh, of how you know the things that we have that are unique to the school and I credit all the coaches that recruited them and and uh, showed them the strengths that, that can come out of you know the honor code and and, uh, and, a, and a rigorous academic uh, school and the, the prestige that comes from it so I think the key is uh, to educate them well and, and for the members that, that those are pretty much our in-state recruits and I don't know how the, the, the how the breakdown appeared but uh, we're always going to start there first and then and then try to get and, and check with people that I think fit this lifestyle and, and kind of feel comfortable in this setting and in this environment at BYU. You've always made it a point to have you know fans reach out to you guys to, mm-hmm. to make you aware of recruits. Are most of these guys referrals from fans? And- there's, a, there's not one recruit on that list that our, fan, that our fans didn't know about. And so um, whether they confirm that he's a good kid or a player and know him, there's that fans are everywhere so they there's always opinions that that uh can help us out and, and we're willing to get as many uh as much information on them as possible and uh the fan referrals help out a lot so keep them coming what stands out about josh wilson as somebody who's, you've known that family personally oh yeah he's Zach here and everything. He, he's a i mean instinct his instincts are awesome that's why he has so many tackles and that's why he he has tons of pick sixes you know he, you look at an interception that turns to touchdowns the guy's uh, got a great feel for the game, and um, you know he he's, he can't wait to get on the field and, and compete against his brother. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, looking forward to the things that he can add um, bring, to bring to our, our linebacker group that we feel like is a good group that's young, and uh, looking forward to see uh, how, how well he he competes with them. But as far as a connection, those guys all—I mean, since they got on campus, it was they were just perfect for each other. Our whole our whole team and those recruits that are that were welcome today. What did you like about Micah Harper? A little bit maybe in terms of size, a little bit yeah. shorter. Maybe what you've signed in the past at cornerback. What did you like about Micah? I like that he loves Diane. You know that that he sees himself being another Diane, and uh, that's awesome. So I, I like that he's a well-rounded player. He can do a lot of different things, and and uh, he comes from a, you know from his, his dad was, was a good player back in the day too. So uh, he's just a football junkie, and, and and I think he fits our program perfectly. We'll whether he plays safety or, or corner, we'll see, but. 
Um, you know, you look at half his highlights are on offense too. So uh, we have a lot of guys that can play a lot of different positions, but uh, we'll start him at the recruited position first, and that's where we'll go. Do you have any other specific player comparisons from the signees to players on your current roster? Uh, no, I mean, I, I hate doing those, but it's like that there's there's a lot of really good players, and I think they'll make a name for themselves once they get here, and you'll see, you'll start to hear about you know their playmaking ability. And I just like that they're all great, great kids. They're, they come from great families and awesome backgrounds, and they're diverse, but they're um, united one thing that's to excel on and off the field. And it's an honor for me to welcome to to our family, and I can't wait to see them play. How important is it for these freshmen to come in and, and push the guys in the in the two deep already in the program when, mm-hmm. they, when they arrive? I think it's important that they see that we play the best, you know, and regardless of your uh, your your class or whether you're a true freshman or, or, or a, a fifth year senior, you know that that the best will get on the field, and that's the only way we know how to do it. And I think they can appreciate that, and they know they go in, they come in here, and they 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 go as hard as they can and compete as hard as they can that if they deserve to be on the field they will is it a relief Any to get, last couple questions is it a relief just to get through this day where you get you know some of these signings done and, and <laughs> have the guys locked in yeah it's just good because now they're part of the family and we can actually just count them in you know and and plan on their future and plan on whether they're going on missions or not we can kind of plan and and uh, and see where they're going to fit in and then they can start moving on with getting admitted into school and then uh, for those getting their mission calls and finishing up their semesters. I think for more than anything, it's a relief for them to just have it out of the way and then they can just go to work and knowing that they're going to be a Cougar and, and uh, planning on, on, on their future here. There's Kalani Sataki talking recruiting. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Kyle Whittingham talking recruiting. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. All right, we just heard from Kalani Sataki about the Cougars recruiting class, obviously, return missionaries. You know, it's a different deal. And Kyle has that to a certain degree, probably not as much as BYU. But uh, the Ute recruiting class is ranked pretty low. Now, they are waiting to get some guys, as Kyle's about to talk. Uh, you know, there, there's still a few positions that they're out there, uh, you know, trying to figure out. And they got some guys. Kyle will get into that. Uh, they, they've signed a lot of local guys. He'll run through them. There's changes coming to quarterback. Obviously, the starting quarterback is graduating, so he's out. But the second-string quarterback could be moving to defense. Third-string quarterback, uh, he might be graduating and getting a job, but he might graduate and come back and play more one more year. That's not clear. It's not clear whether Shelley's going to move or not, and that might depend on the other quarterbacks they bring in. But Kyle can't talk about that due to NCAA rules, so he's going to be a little vague about that. Here's Kyle Whittingham on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. To this point, uh, we feel really good, obviously, about uh, our class. There's still uh, some things that we expect to happen the next couple of days, and uh, that'll just add to what we got going already. Uh, the overriding theme in this class is defense. We were down in defensive numbers last year, scholarship numbers, so there's going to be a, a pretty decent imbalance of defense to offensive guys this year to try to catch up. But uh, we feel, uh, again, like we're getting some really good players added to our roster. Uh, had an excellent year in-state. We think when all is said and done, we're going to come away with five of the top six players from the state of Utah, which is uh, 
is huge. I mean, I think that's the first time that's happened for a lot of years. Um, some returned missionaries, five returned missionaries that we signed two years ago will join us uh, at uh, either mid-year you know, next month or in the fall. Um, they had a nice uh, in-state production overall. There will be nine new scholarship play- players in the state of Utah on our roster this fall. That would be the ones that we, we signed this year. And then the returned missionaries, you know, that's a total of nine additions from the state of Utah, which is a big number, which is, is good. I mean, the football in the state is getting better every year. Um, we also had uh, Texas, Hawaii, uh, California, you know, the usual places that we've been uh, for a lot of years. But uh, overall, we feel good about what's transpired so far. But again, we got uh, – two and a half more days in this first uh, signing period, then it'll shut down. And then the second one, obviously, in February. We think when this one is over, in a couple days here, we're only going to have two, maybe three max left. Uh, to give and, and maybe only one. We'll see how things shake out, but but uh, and that's not a bad thing either because then you can kind of regroup and and continue to check the transfer portal and and uh, just continue to look for the right guys to add. So questions, Kyle? What's changed uh, maybe in the, your coaching staff recruiting wise that that has been able to get these top recruits in the state or or what is that? Winning, being in the Pac-12, uh, just our brand growing. I think our we believe our brand is growing. Um, you know, we're going to finish up this year with a you know a, a good ranking. We'll see what happens in the bowl game, but but uh, going to the Pac-12 championship game the last two years. I mean, there's a lot of reasons for it, but but uh, you know, being in the Pac-12 in a Power Five conference and uh, being a team that uh, has been on the national forefront uh, in the college football playoff rankings, you know, towards the last part of the year. I mean, all that all that adds up to uh, more positive stuff for your recruiting. Kyle, I understand the first letter you got today was from Jake Bentley. I wonder if you could just talk yeah. about getting Jake and uh, what that means to have an experienced quarterback in the stable when you're losing Tyler. Yeah, Jake is a, a big addition for us. And uh, in today's world, with the, rec- with the portal and how things are changing, the quarterback rooms can change dramatically from year to year. They're the, that's the position that under, under, undergoes the uh, most change. And uh, we will, we're excited to have uh, Jake in the, in the room. He's uh, got a big arm, more of a pro-style guy, uh, played in the SEC, put up 500 yards in one game against Clemson, which is a pretty good accomplishment. Clemson's a, obviously an outstanding football team. Coach Ludwig had a chance to watch him up close and in person while he was at Vanderbilt and uh, really loved him you know, and uh, was really high on him. And so when he became available, at some, you know, we went, uh, went to work on it and uh, came out on a visit, loved it and uh, committed on the visit and we're, we're excited that he's going to be joining us cam rising will be in the room and he's uh going to be eligible for the bowl game as you guys already are aware and then uh we're hoping uh we get drew lisk back he'll be graduating in may but you know we make him back he may just go on with his uh you know with his life and but we're not sure about that and then jason shelley and there's a good chance that jason shelley can play uh in the secondary force in the future that's that's still being uh talked about you mentioned that defense is, is kind of the theme so far. Not only that, but maybe immediate impact guys. How important is it to get guys who can push for reps or at least maybe make an immediate impact with all the guys leaving for the next level? It's great. And uh, we're excited about a lot of those guys on defense that we've got so far, and we hope to get a you know a couple more this week. Um, and, you know, the, the biggest... The biggest deficiencies, uh, you know, corner. We're, we're taking a big hit at corner. We lose uh, virtually almost every snap 
that the guys have played a corner this year with Josh Nurse, Jalen Johnson, and Tariq Lewis. You know, there were some guys that got some end-of-game reps, but as far as the, the uh, meaningful reps, those three guys took pretty much every snap, and then Julian Terrell. So that secondary is going to have a complete overhaul. Uh, linebackers, we were thin this year. Fortunately, Francis and uh, Devin were able to stay healthy all year, which so that depth never became a factor or lack thereof. But so we're going to add to that, and uh, front is probably where we have the most depth. That seems to be year in and year out uh, a place where we have a whole stable of guys. And this year is no different. But we've added uh, some really good players. Van Fillinger from from uh, the in-state uh, or Corner Canyon in-state here was a, was a huge addition to us for us as well. And uh, we're uh, you know we think we're in a good place. So you've had multiple quarterbacks here recently that have been transfers. When it comes to that, is it understood that, hey, you may come in, you come in, and almost at any point we may add other guys to the quarterback stable? So, yeah, we want you, but we're probably going to have other guys, so there's going to be competition ongoing? Yeah, we have a, a master plan for quarterback from year to year. And like I said, with the transfer portal, that could change. But we do, once once the dust is settled, then we know exactly what we need to get for the room for the next, you know, the ensuing season. And we're completely up front with the quarterbacks. If we're going to take two, then we tell all the guys we're recruiting we're going to take two. And if we're going to take one, then then we uh, indicate that as well. And, and so, yeah, there, if there's a, a situation where we're going to take multiple quarterbacks, we'll let the guys know that we're recruiting that, hey, we're going to take two, just so you know right up front. Kyle, if I've done my math right, you're about 17 guys right now. How many more, as long as everything goes your way, how many more do you think you'll sign? 17. Are you counting the return missionaries? There's five of those guys. Are you counting the five return missionaries? And the guys that are already in the program that were awarded scholarships, Nephi Sewell and some of those. Well, we, the answer, to answer your question, we'll use all 25 initials, but some have already been utilized with, with players that are already here. Um, we'll add... Uh, there is no JC players in the mix this year. It's all high school or uh, uh, grad transfers or undergrad transfers. Um, we will, like I said, get to 25 after this week. We may have, I, I think, three would be the absolute high number that we'll have left, and one or zero would be the, the low number. But again, the next 48 hours, we'll see how things play out. Uh, for the 2020 Utah prep players on your list officially right now, can you just go down each of them and give sure. a comment? Can I put my glasses on? Okay. All right. In-state guys. Uh, start with Alex Harrison. We're just going here. I'm not sure what particular order we got it here. But Alex Harrison, big, strong, physical offensive lineman, had great offers. Uh, pretty much everyone in the Pac-12 wanted him uh, amongst you know other, other schools in the country. Uh, played both ways in high school. We're going to use him exclusively on the offensive line, but like I said, he played every rep for his for his team up, up in uh, up in Bountiful, and so we're uh, we think he's a guy. He's he's ready made. He's six foot four, three hundred and thirty plus pounds. Big strong kid that uh, is ready to to show what he can do right away. Uh, Sione Foto, linebacker from Bingham High School, tough kid. He's he's got. Uh, uh, great range. He's not the biggest guy, six feet, 220 pounds, but he's a, he's physical and uh, very instinctive, and was very productive for uh, for Bingham this year. 90 tackles, couple picks, uh, so he's got a lot of upside. Ben Fillinger, I already talked about Corner Canyon, uh, another national recruit, could have gone. You know, pretty much pick his spot. You know, he had he was committed to another school for a period of time, and and when that uh, he didn't feel right about that, we were right there to uh, try to uh, get him get him uh, here to Utah, and and he 
fell in love with us the last uh, part of the recruiting period. Uh, Jaron Kump, returning off a mission from Harriman. This was a couple years ago. We think he's a prototypical offensive tackle, 6'6", about 270 right now. When he gets back, we'll put weight on him. But he's got a huge frame and that great length that you look for uh, in your offensive tackles in particular. Uh, out of state, out of state, out of state. Nate Ritchie, big get for us. With our safety situation, Nate is going to fill an immediate need. Uh, another guy with multiple Pac-12 offers as well as other offers around the country. And uh, he's got size. He's already you know, 6'2", 210 pounds and, and runs uh, runs uh, very well and is a guy that, that uh, like I said, fills an immediate need. Um, the missionaries, we've got two more Putu Tows, Tennessee and Taniella. They'll both be on the defensive line, at least initially. Uh, Taniella has, it was an excellent tight end in high school as well. He may, we may uh, take a look at him there. Uh, Hunter Lotalale, another one of the Lotalales, he's Star and Lowell's cousin. Uh, back off a mission, big strong offensive lineman, 6'3", about 310 pounds, and very, very agile. Um, Let's see. I think that's it for right now. We're, we're looking to get another one or two in-state guys, hopefully, uh, in the next little bit. Kyle, other than Nephi, who are some of the – do you know off the top of your head the other scholarships of the 25 that you've awarded? Uh, Bobby, Is help there me two or three or – None that are Okay, none that are initials. Yeah, none that are initials. There you go. I should have my other roster here too. The yeah, the overall. I just thought we were going to talk about the new guys, but get with me after. We'll have a little secret meeting. Okay, okay. Other than obviously losing a senior quarterback this year, is there anything else about the next year's roster that made it vital to bring in a grad transfer? quarterback for the sake of the rest of the team well um we use one you don't want to be caught with your pants down at qb i mean that's that's the last position you want to be in that situation and jake is a proven commodity that adds to the room and uh, like i said with jay shelley most likely going to be moved to the defensive side of the ball and drew lisk maybe going the way of the world and you know just going out into the into the uh into the you know the the private sector I guess you would call it public sector whatever it is, but uh, that necessitated us to to get a, a guy with some experience and and so uh, that was the reason for that and we think that really bolstered us and uh, we'll see we'll probably add another quarterback uh, in some way shape or form before fall camp starts. Rare to have three safeties in one recruiting class, and if so, how do those guys come in? And I mean, are they going to factor in its different positions, safety positions, or do you anticipate them maybe switching positions when they get no, here? No, we don't anticipate them switching positions at all. It's it is a little bit atypical bringing three. Usually, it's one or two. Two two is the typical number. We I think it's seven is the number that uh, we operate on with safety. So so if you lose one or two a year, that's you kind of like to stagger them. But but we uh, we took a big hit this year with with those two seniors and and uh, we were already thin there. We had already lost, had some attrition and lost a guy or two. So that was the reason for taking three. But, uh, yeah, I talked about Nate uh, Kamoi from uh, from Hawaii is a, is a hitter. He's a guy that had a lot of good offers as well. And and uh, so it's going to be good competition there at safety this, this fall, this spring, actually, for some of them. Are you all set at linebacker? Are you still looking to add linebackers? Are you going to move guys who are on the roster inside or – 
how does that shape up? That uh, is, uh, are we all set right this minute? No. We hope to add another one or two to this class. Uh, Nephi Sewell is a guy that can play either safety or linebacker. He's right on that verge. He's about 215 pounds. Does he drop a little weight and stay at safety or add a few pounds and go to linebacker? And so that, that could uh, factor into the decision on how many more to bring in. But, but uh, if we don't get who we're hoping to get in the next little while, this next couple of days, then that would start the linebacker hunt again for at least one more. Yeah. Can you talk about Ty Jordan? He's not a very big guy, but he was obviously in demand. And is yeah. he a, is a Britton Covey type or what kind of player? No, he's more running back where Britton Covey's more slot receiver, but he is fast. He's a 10, 500 meter guy. He's thick. He's not very tall, but he's, he's put together real well. He's about 190 pounds. And uh, you're right. He had a lot of offers and, and uh, was very sought after. And he's a guy that uh, we think is going to be very dynamic in this system, and he'll put him to work right away. Uh, I'm going to try to phrase this correctly. Uh-oh. <laughs> Hang on to your hats, everybody. Seeing so many in-state guys leave in recent years, did you, I don't want to say take it personally, but did it put a chip on your shoulder to kind of maybe get back into the uh, the fold of, of being you know one of the top decision um, schools for for kids in state to make a decision on we have always placed the highest priority on the in-state athlete that's our starting point every every recruiting class starts with making sure that we properly evaluate everybody inside the boundaries of our, of our state uh, we do the best we can of keeping those guys home uh, like I said we're going to keep five of the top six at least five of who we deem the five of the top six uh, players in the state at home and so it's always a, a priority it's always a, a, a great effort on our part to make that happen it doesn't always happen there's a there's a team there's two teams in the conference uh, last year of the top 15 teams in their state they got one of them and so it's not nobody puts a fence around their state and gets everyone. Nobody. I don't care who you are at any level. And so we do the best we can. Uh, it's not like we thought, well, we're not do we're not working hard enough in state. Let's work extra hard this year. We always do uh, as you know as much uh, work as we can in state and be thorough and evaluate thoroughly and just hope that we can get you know our fair share. And this year, like I said, we we real f- feel really good about that. The transfer portal is really popular for quarterbacks, mm-hmm. but can you help yourself at other positions there? Is there is this trending some way where it'll be a 50-50 split with quarterbacks and other positions down the road? It could be, but 50-50 means, you know, you know the 21 spots for 50 percent of it and one spot for for the other half. But, you, but you're right, quarterback is the most volatile position um, and the place that kids seem to become the most impatient and want to get to a place where they can play right away. And so that, to me, and you look at what happened with Joe Burrow and Ohio State's quarterback, and I mean, all the things that happened, and, you know, Ohio State turned away a Heisman Trophy winner, I guess, or didn't, you know, wasn't going to start him. I don't know exactly how it went down, but but the guy wins the Heisman. So anyways, it is uh, it is the premier position for the portal uh, as far as, uh, you know, the visibility and, the and you know, what the movement that happens. And uh, you can certainly help yourself, or you can get hurt by it if you have the wrong guys leave your program. Was that answer your question? Kind of, sort of. Was uh, Andy the contact point for Bentley then? Yeah, once uh, Bentley went in the portal, once Jake went in the portal and and, uh, declared himself, uh, I guess you could term it a free agent and and was looking for a spot, then uh, Andy was the one that uh, took that over. Two reasons. Uh, SEC, he's familiar with that. He's the quarterback coach. 
and uh, it just made sense uh, for him to for him to be the lead recruiter on Jake. Is the situation with junior colleges is that kind of a one-off, or is that the way that recruiting's trending when you're in the Pac-12? Yeah, it's been diminished, and we're not taking one junior college guy this year. It's all high school or, or transfers. I think I said that earlier, and it's nothing. You know, we still think there's a place for the high, JC transfer. And back in the day, you know, you know, not 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 that too long not too long ago, we had you know maybe five or six jc kids pretty much every year in our class but the transfer portal has supplanted uh, some of those jc guys and we're just getting more high school guys than we used to because we're in more doors like i said and our brand is is stronger which is allowing us to get uh, more involved with high school at a higher percentage of signees there's utah football coach kyle winningham when we come back what is trending all the headlines stay with us